talking on this series called Builders, and uh, we've been on this. This is the fourth installment in this series, and I want to continue on talking about this. I want to take you to a passage of Scripture, first of all, and we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, we're going to begin there. It says, but on the judgment day, fire will be revealed On the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames." Uh, If you've been with us, and I know that we have new people here, but if you've been with us, uh, you know that we have determined and discovered that we're all builders. We're all building something. We're building lives. We're building families. We're building finances. We're building careers. We're building uh, relationships, influence, legacy. We're building, all of us are building something. Some of us are doing a great job because we're doing it intentionally. And we know that we're builders and we're intentionally building, uh, you know, great character. We're building, we're building our leadership. We're intentional about what we're doing. We are not here just by chance. We're not just cruising through life without, uh, or aimlessly, without any purpose. But we are intentional on what we're doing. And so we're being master builders here on this earth. God called us to be master builders. And, uh, and I just want to, I want to get that in your mind. What gets neglected sometimes is the building of something that is probably the most important thing in your, in your life, and that's the local church. The local church will feed your family. The local church will bless your family. The local church will nurture and nourish your family. The local church will bring the word of life into your family. And many times it can be the, it can be the thing that gets neglected the most, and we ought to be building it. Are you with me? And so we've been talking about this. Bible says, put the kingdom of God first and all these other things will be added unto you. And so as we become intentional in building the kingdom of God, we all benefit. It blesses. It blesses society. It blesses the world. It blesses our family. It becomes a blessing in every area. I am who I am because of the influence of, uh, of the local church in my life. I'm so grateful for the relationships that I have that feed me. This morning I gathered with uh, uh, three different teams this morning. I've already had three different, four different meetings this morning, but three different teams that I, I really got into with uh, and, and met with. And, and each one of them uh, fed me, and, and they, they, there's things that they inputted into my life. So grateful for the people that God's placed in my life. And so we're intentional in what we build, and we need to be building great things in our life. Well, we've looked over different people in the Word of God and how it relates to the building of the church. First person that we looked at was Jesus. And that Jesus, we discovered, is a builder, and Jesus is building the, the church. And we looked at Matthew sixteen eighteen, and it says this, I tell you, Jesus is speaking, I tell you, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the first week we discovered that Jesus is building a local church. We discovered that he builds through his body and we're the body of Christ. When Jesus, he ascended to heaven, he delegated 
and empowered his body to do his work here on this earth. I'm so grateful and privileged to be a part of that. And so we get to do that. We get to do that. We get to do that. And so we, we're, we're doing that right now. We've done that and we're doing that this morning. We're doing it through our small groups. We're doing it through our 21 days of prayer. We get to do that. And, and so we, we found that out in Ephesians. We, if we go on and read in Ephesians uh, 4 verse, uh, I believe it's verse 11, it says this. Now these are the gifts Christ has gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility, it says here, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So he's equipped us to do that. He's empowering us to do that, to build the church. So we ought to be master builders, amen? And so uh, that's why we come together, so I can equip us to do that together. And so we looked at that the first week. The second week, we looked at the, the, the person of Noah, that Noah was a builder, and he built an ark, and, and uh, he built the ark for the saving of his family. And we're to be ark builders in the church. We're building a church to, to save people, to save people from their sin and from destruction that's to come. And, and so we're building an ark. So we, we discovered that the first uh, the second week, and that we're, we're builders. And then last week, we discovered uh, something concerning Moses, that Moses was a builder, and he built a tabernacle. And the tabernacle was to house the presence of God. And we as a church, we need to be building a church to, to, for the presence of God, because it's God's presence that makes all the difference in our life. It doesn't matter if we have everything together, if we have all the bells and the whistles and the lights and everything going on, if the presence of God is not here to change our lives, it doesn't matter. Nothing changes. We need the presence of God. We talked about that last week. Today we're going to talk about another character, another person, and we're going to discover from Nehemiah that he was a builder. Nehemiah was a builder, and we're going to talk about a building a serving church. Not God uh, assigned Nehemiah to build back the walls of Jerusalem, and he motivated and assembled servants to build up the walls of Jerusalem to help protect the people, to help uh, do what God wanted to do in God's people. And so we, too, uh, are builders, and so we're going to discover some things about that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to discover that Nehemiah was a, building a, a, a serving church, and we're going to discover today through our time today, and if you're taking notes, it's in your notes, and I'm going to give you the first thing, that all of us were created by God to make a life-giving difference in the lives of others. He, he wants us to make a life-giving difference. Uh, Nehemiah didn't have to. We're going to discover that today, that Nehemiah, when... When he found out that the walls were tore down, he was not even there in Jerusalem. He didn't need to go back. He didn't have to go back. But his brothers had come to him, or his brother came to him, I think it was brother, had come to him and then some other guys, and he, he wanted to find out, how's it going back? Uh, how's it going over there in Jerusalem with these people that had escaped, the ex, uh, escaped uh, and gone back uh, and, and, and gotten away and went back, got couple of thoughts here going through my mind and so uh, but he says how are they doing and I want you to see this and what took place and 
And it says in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, Then he said, he said to them, Things are not going well for those who survived the exile and returned to the province of Judah. There they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I just love this heart. This is the heart we all need to have. I believe a servant's heart will respond this way. When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. To the God of heaven. The first thing that we're going to see, what does a building, a a serving church look like, is number one, we serve to benefit others. We serve to benefit others. Nehemiah had this heart. He had this heart to, that, that it grieved him when he saw needs out there. And he, he, it just grieved him when he saw that the walls were torn down. He wept. How many of us are, are being moved with compassion because of the needs of other people to the point where we're fasting and praying and we're doing... You know, that's why we're doing our 21 days of prayer. It's not so that we can come and feel good. Thank God for the presence of God, and it does move us greatly. But it's because we want to see people's needs met. We are doing it for the benefit of other people. We do what we do for the benefit of others. Uh, Years ago... God dealt with me as I was uh, just doing ministry, and, and you might think that that's a great thing, what I do and doing with ministry, and, and, uh, and, and I, I was doing ministry, and I was doing it effectively, and people's lives were being touched, and, and, and lives being changed, but God one day got my attention, and he, he got my attention and, and began to deal with me about my attitude, that my attitude and my, my, uh, my, uh, perp- my reason for why I was doing ministry was all wrong. My motivation was wrong. And he began to share with me that I, I'm not to do ministry because I have a gift that needs to be released. That I have a teaching gift, a pastor's gift. That, that, that's not why I need to be doing ministry. Uh, and and he, he said that you don't need to be doing it so that because you have a calling on your life. And I have a, a lot of people, and I meet with a lot of people, and they, they do what they do because of the calling on their life. And, I, and he began to t- deal with me just deeply, and it, it, it impacted my life, my whole ministry, my whole life, my whole outlook. And he says, you don't do what you do because of your calling. You don't do what you do just to release the gifts. You do what you do because you love me and because you love people. Because people need what you have. You don't do it because there's a calling on your life. You do it because people are hurting. Because people are lost. They need to be saved. And once they're saved, they need to be set free. You don't do it because of, just because there's a calling on your life. Thank God for the calling. Thank God because uh, thank God for the gifts, but we don't we should not let that be our motivation. We ought to be moved to the core when we see people hurting, when we see people that are going and they're struggling in their either their relationship with the Lord or just the the, the struggling with the attacks of the devil or or just life storms and people are going through storms all the time, and we need to do what we do because because it benefits them, not us.
See, when we do it for the purpose of, 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 of releasing a gift and we're doing it because of the calling in our life, we're doing it for our benefit because we feel better, not because we're helping others feel better. We need to do it for that reason. And so we need to, be, we need to allow ourselves to be able to uh, uh, draw from the principles of Nehemiah that he was moved. He, here, he wasn't even in the same place. He wasn't even in, in the same vicinity of these people yet. It moved him to the core where he wept, he prayed, he fasted, and he talked to God about it. Until God spoke to him and began to move him and motivate him to do something about it. We do what we do because it benefits others, not us. And let me tell you something. It's uncomfortable. It's never comfortable to serve, really serve like God wants us to serve, to benefit others. Because it's always going to require us to get out of our comfort zone. Which brings me to the sub-point of this is this, is that a servant puts cause over comfort. We're always, we're, it's always the cause needs to be greater than the comfort. People need to be more important than our comfort. And we need to let it motivate us. That's the first thing that we discover. What does building a serving church look like? We serve to benefit others, and a servant puts cause over comfort. Secondly, we serve to be a united team, a team that is joining together to make something great happen so that other people are benefiting and so that other people are being helped. Nehemiah, a great church, is not built just on the gifts of a few but on the sacrifices of many. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, I said to them, You see the trouble that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruin, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. And then he said this. He began to call people out. He says, Come, let us rebuild. Let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem so that, so that we may no longer be a reproach. Let us come together. In unity, and let's let's build the church, and let's make a difference—a life-giving difference in people's lives. Let's do that. Everybody has a place in the wall that they should be helping to build up. Everybody. I say this all the time, and I'll say it today: is that if you God calls you to a local church, there is a place for you to serve. Will always, there will always, I don't care how big we get, there's always going to be a place for people to serve. We're called the body of Christ. Every person, every part of the body has a functioning part that it ought to be doing to help kick some devil butt and to build the kingdom of God. Amen? We ought to be doing this for the glory of God. We all have a part. Amen? Thank you for letting me just express myself, because I, I tell you, we have the greatest cause on the face of this earth. Yeah. We have the great, talking about unity, we, Friday night, ladies that were here, <laughs> Friday night, I saw some unity, I saw a unity of team that took place in preparing for Friday night, working for weeks to prepare for Friday night's radiant night. 
And then Friday night, they brought it, man. Did they not bring it, ladies? For you that attended, they brought it. It was awesome. It was powerful. The presence of God was great. Everything, everything was just awesome. And I was back there. Yeah, I was here. I was back here. We had some men here. But I was back there during worship. I was just, I was just you know, just... I was just wiping my tears and just loving on God, just what God was, just the presence of God in this place that was so precious. And then it was, and then the laughter that took place and just the, the mixture of the different people's gifts and the, the things that they all did. Everyone had a different part and it all came together in unity and it brought a powerful impact on Friday night. Wasn't that awesome for you that experience? You just had to be there just had to be there, to be a part of the wall, and it made it happen. And that night just kind of moved me. You've been praying, been praying to God, asking him about our Radiant Conference, and really what it's not, it's not even the conference, it's about, it's about our women uh, just strengthening them and empowering them and watching them be who they are. I, uh, Miss Vicki asked me to write something on the mirror out there, and and I was thinking, man, what do I write? What do I write? And then in my heart, uh, there were some things that came to mind. And, and I think I put on the mirror that I, I believe that, besides Jesus, I believe that the greatest gift, uh, the greatest gift to, I believe the greatest gift to man is, is woman. And I said, be, be the best that you can, and you'll make every man shine, or something like that. Something like that. Anyway, go out there and read it. <laughs> I, I messed it up. Anyway, just women are they're awesome. Thank God for women. Women are strong. Women are strong. I, I, I told our team, one of our teams this morning, I said, I believe that women were called to bear children because men can't do it. They're not strong enough. They're just not. Many people don't realize, but uh, worldwide, uh, the percentage of of, uh, women that serve in the church versus the men uh, is like like way different. Yeah, it's like 75% women, 25% men. Thank God for women. And, uh, and, And so yesterday morning, I get up really early and pray, and I was praying and just seeking God and and I, I believe that God dropped something in my heart. And I just want to share this with you this morning and uh, for the next few minutes and then I'll move on. Is that I believe that God uh, put something in my heart and that was to, to sow seed into our women. To, to, for us as a church to sow seed in, 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 in women. We believe in women. We believe in what they stand for. And we know that they're very influential. I mean, you know, women, you have great influence. It was Eve that inf- influenced Adam to eat the forbidden fruit, right? And women can get men to do crazy, stupid stuff. Amen? Hello? Great influence. I believe women can, build some, can be some of the greatest people to build the church. They can be some of the greatest people to win, to win man. 
Scripture tells us that a woman can, just through her silence, just through her, her actions, her, the way that she conducts herself, she can win her husband to the Lord. And so women are very powerful. So we're going we're gonna to sow seed into our women. And I, I believe that God put this in my heart, and, uh, and so I'm going to share it with you. Our Radiant Conference is com- coming up in October the 7th and 8th. And uh, here's what we're going to do. If you've already signed up for the Radiant Conference, we're going to refund your money. And, uh, and, and then what we're going to do for this conference, this conference we're going to sow into you women, and we're going to make it free for every woman that will come, for you and your friends, okay? We're going to do that. We're going to do that. It's a very costly thing, and we're going to sow that because we believe in you. Our team believes in you. And, uh, and so we want you to do a couple of things. One, we want you to start committing to praying for what God wants to do, not through the conference only, but also through our small groups. Almost fell. <laughs> um, also through our small groups. Uh, and, and, and just pray for that. And then invite somebody, especially somebody that's unchurched and uh, friends, family, just invite them. Everybody has to register. You have to go online and register. If you don't have access to that, let us know and we'll do it for you. But let's make sure you get on and register. Registration for that has not yet been uh, adjusted. It's still uh, on, on our internet with the charge for it. And so once that, just keep checking, and then once it goes from the charge, what we're charging, which is 55, to free, then go ahead and register. Don't pay and register and us have to reimburse you, okay? Don't do that. Wait till, so be checking it this week. I'll try to get it done this week, and then uh, we're going to sow into you. We believe in you, women. And uh, we're uniting in making a difference in women's lives. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Okay, so with that... A servant puts we over me. And that's what we're doing as a church. We're putting we over, we, over me. Yes. We, want to see, we want to make a big impact. What, is it, what does building a serving church look like? Number three, we serve to empower others. And I'm telling you, we want to help people. We want to empower people. We want to see people's lives change. That's why we're doing what we're doing with the Radiant Conference. That's why we're, we're doing. That's why what we're doing. That's why we're doing what we're doing today. Yes, is we want to empower you. Our children right now are being empowered. We have a team back there uh, of, of people that are ministering to our young people and empowering them to be the young people that God wants them to be. We have young people that are with us in, in service today that are our junior dream teamers. Let's give them guys a hand. They serve our junior dream teamers. They're up in the front, some of them up front. And they serve in areas in ministry. And so we're, we're just empowering people because we believe that people have gold in them. Yeah. Too, often, too often we're looking at all the dirt and we miss the gold. Right. You were looking at all the issues and we all have issues. We're looking at the issues in people's lives and we miss the gold. And, and we're here to help people take that next step. We're here to help people discover their potential, discover that greatness in their life. There's greatness in everybody, but it needs to be discovered. 
And once it's discovered, it needs to be developed. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It bears repeating. Everything that we enjoy, the seats, how many of you enjoy the seats that you're sitting in? The air conditioner, the, the everything, the cars that we drove to get here, all of that we enjoy. But let me tell you something. Before we ever enjoyed it, we had to discover it. God created all of this. When he created the heavens and the earth, he created it all here. The cars were here. The jets were here. The chairs were here. The buildings were here. The air conditioners were here. But it was all in raw form. It was here on this earth, but it has to be discovered, then developed, and then we get to enjoy it. Same way with you and I. There's greatness in us, but we need to discover it, then develop it, and then everybody enjoys it. And we need to empower people. We need to believe in people. We need to help people to discover it and begin to develop it and then live it out. That's how we build the local church. All of us need to be believing in each other. Believing in those that don't even know Christ. They may look like the devil himself. But we need to look beyond that. And we need to see the greatness in them and know that God has placed within them the ability to do something great in their life. Amen? We need that in our life. I remember, I remember years ago, I was in, uh, back in, I don't know, junior high maybe, and, uh, and I, I was in a PE class and there was this guy and I, and, and we, were causing, we, had, I, I, you know, we were causing some problems, and, and the, PE coach, uh, the PE coach pulled us aside and he says, you know, Salcedo, you know better than that. You know better than that. And then he looked at the other guy, and his name was Chris, and he says, Chris, you're just a loser. You'll never amount to anything. And, and I, it just marked me that day. Not even a believer, it just marked me. And, and I know why that coach said that. His whole family were troublemakers. His, his dad, his brothers had been in and out of the penitentiary over and over and over again. I think it was that same year that his dad robbed the bank, got caught. And so, you know, I understand that mindset. But I, here's the thing I say about, about, uh, as, about that. We all, listen, I, I tell people the difference between those that have been uh, in a penitentiary and me is that I, ne- I just never got caught. I never got caught. I would have been there. There's things that I've done that would have put me in the pen. But I just never got caught. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe you don't, but I, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sorry, maybe you don't. <laughs> but thank God, somebody looked beyond that in me. They looked beyond that. And they empowered me. Even this guy, even, it marked me that he said that about that other guy, but at least he did say, you know, you, knew, you know better than that, Salcedo. You're better than that. And, and, and people just brought me in and, and began to empower me. The first church that I came into, when I came in, I mean, I was full-blood heathen. I was sinner. I did it well. I, did, I sinned well. I was a good sinner. I believe when you, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. I, was, I did it with all my heart. And, uh, but there was a church that, you know, they reached out to me and I got saved. And they immediately brought me in and made, made a place in the wall for me and says, I want you serving. 
And I started serving, and that was the beginning of my relationship with the Lord. We empower people. And so I want to just say this. A, a servant puts service over selfishness. And Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then I explained to them how God shown his gracious favor to me and what king, the king had said to me. And they replied, Let us begin building. And they undertook the work with vigor. They did it. It wasn't about selfishness. It was all about service. It, it, became, about, it became about the cause. Let's build this wall for the people. Let's empower people. Let's, and, and Nehemiah empowered people to do something great with their life. Let me give you last, only have a couple of minutes. Let me just share this last thought. What does building a serving uh, church look like? We serve to create wins. When we work together, we win together. I, I've, I've been a part of teams, you know, where the teams are not working together. And uh, when, when a team doesn't work together, they don't win together. They work against each other. Let me, let me just share a scripture in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to take you to verse 20. It says, And I answered them, And God, the God of heaven, has appointed us for his purpose and will give us success. Therefore, his servants will arise and build but you have no portion, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. And he was, talking to, he was talking to the enemies. There was some enemies that came against them. And Nehemiah says, hey, you guys have no room. You have no portion. You, 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 there's no place. This isn't even your land. And so what are you trying to do? And, and God's going to give us success. And, and we're going to face battles in life. And when we face battles in life, we are to work together, and therefore we win together. But when we work against each other, then we, we, we don't get to experience and celebrate the wins. Let me put it this way. Marriages that work together win together. But when we start bickering and fighting against each other, I guarantee you we're about to lose. And the same way, the same way with the church. In, in our church, we just don't have it. We, we, we've created a culture where we uh, nurture unity and we, uh, we honor each other. There's a culture here of honor. We purposely, intentionally built that and are building it. And so we, we, we are very, very intentional in what we do as a church. And so we nurture that because we know that when we work together, then the, the results are great. We win together. And so with that being said, let me just say this. A servant puts purpose over problems. And we don't allow a problem to be a problem because our purpose is greater than our problems. When your purpose is greater than your problems, then your problems are not a problem. Some of you didn't get that. When your purpose is greater than your problems, your problems are not a problem. But when your problems are greater than your purpose, then your problems become a problem. And too often, many people make things a problem. Some of you still kind of... <laughs> Let me say it again. I know you're slow, but you're worth waiting on, okay? When your purpose becomes bigger than your problems, your... Listen, when your purpose becomes bigger than your problems, your problems are not a problem. But when your problems are bigger than your purpose, then your problems are our problem. Okay? 
And so we need, we need to make sure that we're not attacking each other, but we're pursuing the purpose of God for our life. Let's build the wall. And when we do, those problems, are go- we're going to address them, we're going to take care of them, and they're not going to be a problem to us. And Nehemiah, they continue to, they continue to build even though they had enemies that came against them. And I'm here to tell you that God's about, he's he's building something great here. And we all get to be a part of that. And so let's join together. That's one of the reasons why we have our growth track. I want to encourage you. We're going to be starting 101 in just a couple of weeks. If you've not joined in and, and want to get in, that's a great place. Rather than jumping in today, I'd just rather you just jump in at 101. And so the first Sunday of next month, jump in and come on and let's, let's find your place in the wall and let's do something great for God. Amen? Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you.